Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back. Part three of this week's London is Blue podcast. If you missed the first two parts, uh, we talked about the end of transfers as we know it. Talked about the Chelsea women's season ending. Uh, not only did you have myself, Brandon, Nick, and Dan there, we had a good friend of the pod and goal.com, Chelsea correspondent Nisar Kinsella, joining us, adding his expertise and knowledge. So, Naz, we brought you back because, as everyone knows, football returned this past weekend. It returned in Germany in the Bundesliga. So, in our Discord server, everyone was picking their new teams so they could try to have someone to watch. Did you? Pick a team, Naz, or... Uh-oh, look at this. we got a kitsch. I've got a lot of kits, guys, so you're getting a bit of a window into into my world. But, uh, yeah, this is a Freiburg kit. Freiburg, yeah. Now my my uh, German team. So, yeah, it's a pretty retro shirt. It's like 90s, I think. So, yeah, I got it in Freiburg. Uh, I actually swapped one of my football shirts for a, for a German fan's shirt. So, yeah, I've, uh, so I've been to quite a few German games, so... Uh, Freiburg was the one I enjoyed the most with the atmosphere and uh, yeah the atmosphere in Germany is unique and it's kind of a bit more friendly than the English atmosphere the English atmosphere is more about uh, jumping down the throats of the referee and and, and calling him a W word but Germany's a bit more about um, sausages and beer so it's kind of a bit more of a jolly vibe I mean you can drink beer while watching the game and stuff like that sounds great. novel concept yeah <laughs> I'm in English fans can't be trusted to watch the game while drinking beer. You know, we can't drink beer in view of the pitch because we're too naughty. But the Germans, they're, um, you know, 
they're well behaved c- compared to us anyway and and you can do that <laughs> well we'll definitely be adding a bundesliga match if we can squeeze it in next time we go to europe um but yeah elizabeth on twitter saying not just related but how do you all feel with the bundesliga coming back behind closed doors i mean Naz, everyone expected the Bundesliga to be the first league to come back. Obviously, the league uh, canceled. The Eredivisie canceled. Um, you know, La Liga is still trying to come back. Serie A, they are trying to come back, but you know, they have probably the most challenges over anybody. You know, kind of. What, what were your thoughts? How were you feeling when you got the official date announced? I think that everyone just wants a distraction, which is what it provided, and I think certainly it did uh, absolutely entertain people. Um, is it right to come back? We don't. You know, it's a personal view. It's difficult, but um, I think that really it shows just the way it, you know the, the way football is going to come back. It, it exists within a bigger landscape. Football's always existed within a country. Like English football exists within England, and German football exists within Germany. And Germany have handled the coronavirus crisis probably better than many other countries around Europe. Certainly better than my country and my personal view um you know the way they've they've tested way more people the way they've kind of you know monitored the spread of the virus because of that the way they've stopped deaths by really being proactive about sending people out to homes of vulnerable people uh, to check on them uh, all this kind of stuff creates a, a picture where you can go back to your society quicker and you know it can you know help you continue as normal now it's still a very controversial issue in germany and a lot of people think it came back too soon um, and we're seeing this issue play out in england as well with coming back but um yeah i think that you know for us football fans for me i wanted to watch some football i got to watch some high quality football i was even watching belarusian football a little bit um, <laughs> oh man we never stopped um so yeah that's how much i'm obsessed with football so yeah to see some quality football for once because uh, Belarusian football was a bit off really you know <laughs> what I'm used to um, now hold no, on now <laughs> are, are you being a little harsh <laughs> uh, I think they accept that they're quite limited compared to the Premier League but German football is definitely comparable to the Premier League and you know the way they I was interested we're going to explore that more but um, yeah it was it was welcomed and I'm sure that you know we all took in a bit of football action didn't we this weekend it's true I watched part of the Dortmund Schalke game personally, Nick, what did what did you take in? I I did a half because it, it wasn't a competitive game, so I kind of switched off and did other things. <laughs> but um, I watched the uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach game versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, ended up being a better game in the second half. But it's one of the things I took away from it, Dan, is like we, when you look at like players' fitness, and I think the commentators did an okay job, kind of calling this out is. There haven't been, you know, after two months off, there wasn't a preseason friendly schedule to get back into like real match shape. So this is the first real match, you know, that that these teams are playing. And you could tell after like 40 minutes that some of them were just dead tired for for all the reasons that you could that you could process. So it just wasn't it wasn't quite up to full speed. And I, I don't think anyone would expect that, but it was definitely good to, to see. Uh, a lot of these players kind of getting a run out. Are you maybe throwing a little shade at the Schalke goalkeeper? Like, is that maybe the <laughs> player that you're <laughs> referencing in this moment? Has Holland eviscerated him uh, quite quickly? <laughs> not, not to, not to point fingers at the card carrying member of our goalkeepers union here, but Brandon, thoughts and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Germany U twenty one national team goalkeeper. He's a kid. Like, 
He's he'll be fine. Always defending goalkeepers. Always. Never change, Brandon no. Busby. Never change. Uh, I, I, no, I was gonna say you know so it was you know there were a, a couple of interesting things right like the the fact that you could hear the like the mechanical boards move uh, or echo through the stadiums that you could you know witness the players sitting multiple feet apart, no noise, celebrations in front of of zero fans. Like definitely the. The challenge of atmosphere, you know, if Arsenal was a, a library, some of these would be equivalent to a, like a clean room, you know, where they, you know, people in suits would be like working on like pathogens and things. This is just, it, it was so bizarre to have that as the backdrop for all of this, Naz. And I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Like what, what was the one or two things that you felt like, you know, were, were most shocking in that aspect of it. Yeah, I think that the face masks, watching people wearing face masks, I think sort of weird to see players so close to each other just because, you know, you've been living in a way that you're not close to anyone for so long. Um, and I think that some goal celebrations, they were kind of, I think one guy, I think Dedrick Boyata kissed um, Gruen. I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, but whereas like Haaland's goal, they did social distancing, um, I, I watched the Freiburg I liked the game myself watched the full 90 minutes it was a fantastic game even mm-hmm. with the sort of pre-season vibes and I think that Leipzig probably is a warning shot for Chelsea and the other big Premier League clubs that um, an early goal is important and not letting the tension get to you because you don't have the atmosphere you don't have the fans to drive you on in home games to sort of break down that wall and I think Leipzig kind of struggled with that and I think that was interesting, whereas Dortmund got an early goal and they sort of ran all over Schalke. So it kind of shows you maybe psychological dynamics that players are not used to dealing with because it's going to change the whole atmosphere of the way the game's played. But I think as people, the one thing I would say is like, I think we need to give the players, the referees, even everything, the organisation, a bit of leeway. I mean, there's going to be mistakes. I, I think that um, in the Schalke became the first team in German history to make five substitutions uh, and, you know, they're allowed to make five subs now. Uh, but I think they made it in four goes where you're supposed to do it in three stoppages. So you're allowed to bring two on in two different goes, but not stop the game four times. But they, the referee basically balls it up. And <laughs> that was that's something that I think we're going to have to be a bit kind on, you know, as journalists, as, you know, people who are commentating on social media. It is here for our entertainment. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be problems and we kind of have to give a bit of leeway even for the kisses the big sloppy kiss which would definitely pass coronavirus if that guy has it <laughs> well it it it, it it the whole atmosphere thing kind of brought something to my attention which i think is going to be important especially for the english game uh which is the the stadiums will have to pipe in some noise uh for a couple of reasons one i think you know they have to you have to kind of manufacture atmosphere if you're not able to have it. Uh, so that's kind of one point. And I think it'll make it a little bit more exciting uh, to, to watch it that way. The other reason is what Arlo White brought up on his Twitter yesterday, which is you can clearly hear the players talking, yelling at each other, coaches yelling at players. And Naz, I'm, I'm sure you know, in the English game, there are lots of naughty words that are said on the pitch. Uh, so if you're a TV provider uh, covering the match, Arlo White basically from from the NBC Sports side said, how many times am I going to have to apologize for uh, inappropriate language that's been happening? Because you can hear it so clearly. So I, I think the, you're going to have to pipe in fake crowd noise or music or something to kind of amp up the atmosphere in England because it's it was eerie 
to kind of watch the empty stadium thing happen yesterday. Yeah, it's kind of, we, we call it the new normal in this country, our politicians and stuff, and it certainly will be the same in football where everything changes. But yeah, I think that, I'm not sure if they'll pump in atmosphere or not. It's, I think that probably clubs will get their own individual choices as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to do it in the right way. You might, there's, there's algorithms and stuff apparently which can simulate crowd noise depending on the game and how it goes. But it's going to be very weird and there's going to be, there are technical solutions to various things, but listening to the managers and players and stuff will be interesting. I mean, I watch a lot of academy football as well live and it's kind of similar to that where you can hear everything. Um, you get kind of a more of a, a you, you get more engrossed in that side of the game. Whereas, you know, I think eventually we want the fans back and that's what we're all working towards. And it's going to be difficult, not as good. It's, it's not as good of a product, which is partly why the broadcasters are, are probably not happy with sinking all that money and not getting exactly what they paid for. And English football is paid, you know, English football attracts people because the fans are so interesting, so good. Same with German football as well. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, the product's not as good. But I think we have to be a bit sort of maybe clever with technical solutions, but also be a bit kind and, and not be so negative on, on social media because it will give us something to do. And we can't wait for a vaccine because football will be destroyed, really. Um, the, the football as we know it won't be the same. So the players are kind of being pushed to go back um, because the vaccine might not come for over a year yet. And can we survive without football for a year? The business model won't survive how we like it. The business, the way football is, will be completely transformed. Some clubs won't exist anymore. Some players won't have jobs. And this is the sort of thing we're talking about. People like me might not have jobs if football doesn't exist for a year. So you've got you've got all this going on. And and these are the really big philosophical questions at the heart of it. So it's imperfect, but it's better than nothing, isn't it? It's kind of like that. The idea of the technical solutions, though, like just brings me to this idea of, you know, in the, the National Football League or the NFL here in America, like one of the best things that they do is they mic up players and throughout the games or even like there'll be like an end of the week, like culmination where they pull like the best like clips and commentary in game where you get like a uh, receiver and defender kind of mouthing off to each other and they kind of play that clip in like get, going deeper into the tactical side of the game going deeper into the the player versus player to almost build that up like hey you know you're gonna have Chelsea play City like what's you know what's Tomori gonna be mouthing off to Aguero about for for 90 minutes and like how do you pipe some of that in and you know I mean I'm not trying to like WWE or WWF the the, the Premier League or the Bundesliga but like I am. I think that's the way that. You, well, it's it's the way that you create a little of the the drama and the spectacle a little bit more without having fans. Because without fans, like, you know, when am I supposed to to cheer? When am I supposed to you know sense the conflict? And you know, some of it's going to have to be manufactured. So I think you lean into that, and I think you lean into the fact that you know if you can you know just say, look, we're going to broadcast what you're saying as a coach. Uh, you know, and and thankfully, like you know. You know, we're going to ban people from listening to it who are kind of any, you know, associated with the team so that, you know, for 90 minutes, you don't have to worry about like who's listening in. Like Mourinho would be having fits because you think everybody's spying on it already. Like to do that would just be an extra layer of, of hatred for it. But something like that, Brandon, just where, it, you know, it, it tries to be innovative in this moment when you have to do something a little different. Uh, look, they're going to get creative. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, obviously, not having fans there in the echo and kind of like that weird 
um, kind of environment wasn't the only thing that was pretty unique. Um, they had match balls being sanitized regularly. So there, there were, you know, people taking care of that on the sideline. Uh, since the subs bench couldn't sit next to each other, they had to be socially distanced. So they ended up being in the stands so they could distance to the point where Leipzig had to borrow a set of aircraft stairs, just like you would get on a plane from the tarmac so they could get down to warm up. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Oh, Schalke, first team to use five subs. So that's a thing. Just like, I think, one for every goal they gave in. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the celebrations were different. I think the point of, like, yeah, trying to trying to make the best of it, make solutions is probably the best way to look at anything with the coronavirus. I think in the football world as well, that's the way we need to look at it too. Um, I think what Dan said uh, was quite interesting, actually, just because, um, you know, I think that in this, in this country, sports can be very conservative. You look at cricket and football, you know, cricket wearing white and, and playing those five-day games. And then English football is very much the same, very much like a tradition-based game. But, you know, we've also looked, and, and we've got to be honest, English Premier League looks towards NFL and it looks towards US sports for innovation. And we need to sort of be brave and take some risks maybe even to sort of keep the product as exciting. Maybe crowd factor, which is something that's probably not as interesting in US sports, in my opinion. Um, but that's something we've always had. Um, but maybe we need to look to US sports again for some of those innovations that just re-galvanise it, give a bit more to the fans and, and give you a reason to switch on because what we want is this game to stay popular, people stay hooked. Um, we're super fans, but there's a lot of casual fans out there as well. And, and we want those guys to be hooked because it keeps you know football where we're used to it, which is the biggest sport that you know people like around the world. So US sport is great for that media innovation, broadcasting. Um, and I think that a lot of, I think we have to look at that and take it seriously to make it interesting as possible, really. Well, Nick, that brings us to Project Restart. Um, can, can we restart this league? Can we bring it back? Uh, again, citing Miguel Delaney again from The Independent. Um, he had an article outlining a lot of this stuff and I've been listening to a lot of the BBC and Sky Sports, and they've been bringing on managers, chairmen, chairwomen, chairpersons. Um, and I find it hard to trust when they all go, my players can't wait to be back. They 100% all want to play. And then you get Raheem Sterling and Aguero and Danny Rose and just some other players that are like, no, 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 no I'm good. Now, to be fair, I think there's a difference, right? Premier League players, they probably are more comfortable in their situation and less concerned about playing. League One, League Two, completely different. Those guys are going to take risks uh, because they need the money or you know whatever it is. So anyways, Project Restart, I guess, where are you with all of this? Uh, it's really hard. I mean, obviously, Nazareth on the ground every day kind of sourcing information on this. But, I mean, it seemed like they've gone through a lot of different scenarios now. And, and even talking, you know, most recently about what a season abandonment would look like. Um, you know, I I haven't seen a lot of, of this type of quote. And, I, and maybe I want to start there, which is, I put out a tweet this week as as there were more talks about Project Restart because they were supposed to, I think they met on Monday after meeting the previous Friday and we're talking about all these scenarios. And I, I would love to see a, 
we will restart the league when it is safe to do so for our players and staff and coaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's obviously a money driven decision right now. Uh, it's one that, you know, there are a lot of big TV contracts that they have to fulfill and they're kind of worried about what that might do if they are not able to fulfill that. But it seemed, at least on the surface to me, more of a, a talk about business impact than it has about human impact. And I don't know if that's the same way it's coming across to you. I think I'll jump in here. I think that, you know, in the UK, um, that's generally what the debate is about a lot of businesses right now and a lot, a lot of things going back to work. And Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he said that if you can't work from home, go back to work and, and footballers can't work from home. Their, their job's on the pitch. Coaches work on a pitch. Everyone works on a pitch. So, do they go back to work? Is their job important? Um, there's a lot of like philosophical sides to this. Is a factory worker's job less uh, or more important than a footballer's job? It's hard to quantify. And I think that the UK as a country, um, you know, our government is pushing for the economic side now um, because we've got to live with coronavirus. And and do we move on to a life beyond coronavirus? The case numbers are going down. The deaths are going down. Um, some people think it's too early. There's still a lot of people dying, unfortunately. Um, it's still a lot of risk factor. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's different risks for different people as well. So, you know, Tammy Abraham spoke about uh, his dad having, um, you know, asthma and also, you know, black and ethnic minority players they're more at risk, you know, they're, they're more at risk, their families are more at risk when they, if they bring home the illness, it's a, it's a problem. But if they were working also in a factory or in a in a shop that's now allowed to reopen, um, they'd probably be doing the same thing. So it's kind of like, um, it's so complicated, it's so personal. I think that players will have to be given opt-outs. I think the next week, um, you know, after this gets released, it will all the talk will be about players, what the players want. They've already met with captains, they've already met with the coaches, and they have certain concerns. Um, I think players have different views. You know, if you're in a relegation battle, you might not want to play. You might just want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. And there's going to be a bit of that as well, a bit of vested interest. Um, but if you're chasing the Champions League place, then you're going to want to play. If you're Liverpool, you're going to want to play and all that. So um, it's a complicated, it's political. Um, there's politics in football um, and they vote for things. The way things are decided in the Premier League is the Premier League literally is 20 clubs that just vote for things. Um, and, you know, if you can get enough votes as, as a club, Chelsea might vote one way, West Ham might vote another way, and it's one vote versus one. Um, so that's how things are going to move forward. I think that generally the financial aspect is driving it forward to play again. And looking at Germany, that's the model of how it's done. And has the German model been a disaster? It might turn out to be, but um, I think it's OK. Um, I think it's been OK. I think it's going to be stop-start as well. Um, so we might have the Premier League running for five weeks, then two weeks off and then back again. Um, so it's going to be a bit weird like that. So, yeah, I think the least bad option for me is to restart. Just if we like football away, is if players want to get paid the same amount of money, then carry on, unfortunately. The um, the interesting thing is, you know, obviously, first Bundesliga matches were, were yesterday or Saturday at the time of recording. You know, they basically have a two-week window now to see if there's a spike in infections among the league, right? Because there's like a 14-day incubation period for the virus. So I think everybody across the sporting world is kind of looking at that model, knowing that football is a contact sport and that you got players kissing each other in celebrations and stuff like that um, to see if there's a spike. And if Germany's able to provide a as as good as it gets type of model for, for what this can be for right now, then my guess is that it buys the Premier League a little bit of time to make a final decision. But 
you know, you had a, you know, Dan, you had a player like Raheem Sterling and even Megan Rapino in the States say that they need four to five weeks to get up to speed again after being off for two months. So, you know, you start to look at condensed timelines when the season would hypothetically start next year and what the summer looks like. And it, it kind of becomes a cluster more, more so if you have to wait than if you just kind of went at it right now with the information that you had. That's the other thing that we have not discussed in great detail is just the ramp time to get back to what we would consider like a, a top flight, you know, physical fitness status when, you know, you're looking at teams that you know, every match is important, whether it's a relegation battle, whether it's a fight for top four or top six. You know, if you're a team that's in eighth, ninth or tenth right now and you think you might have the mobility to move up to you know, European football, you, you might have players who have been training at home as best they can. But there's a way difference between staying in shape and, and match fitness. And I, I don't think any of us are going to say with the work that, uh, workouts we've done at home that we're <laughs> nearly ready enough to be at the level of you know, Tammy or Mason or, or any player in the Premier League. And getting ready at home is not relevant to the same way that they tr- typically train at Cobham and get ready for a full 11 on 11. So I think we have to take that into consideration too, that there has to be some plan ramp period, you know, whether it's behind closed doors matches where they, they play just to make sure that they're not going to risk injury actually just playing the game. You know, there's, there's the issue with illness and being infected, sure. But there's also the issue of like, if you're not appropriately trained, you go in for, you know, maybe you think you're as fast as you are typically, you go in for a tackle, you do it the wrong way, you get, you have a catastrophic injury. You know, that, that's not a good place to be in either because up until this point, when we stopped games, you were at the peak fitness level, Brandon, and like the risk for injury or re-injury has to be huge too. Yeah, but there's no time for that. If you genuinely want to finish the season, there's no time for that. Like they, they're compromise, they're compromising on so many things to make it happen. And your point's right, your point's valid, but it doesn't fit in with what they need, so it can't be taken care of. Gio Reyna. Everyone in the U.S. super excited to see him play for Dortmund yesterday, injured in the warm-up because they've had a 10 to 12-day preseason. You're right, but you know what their answer to that? Oh, we'll give you five subs because you're not match fit. It's also about like changing the rules halfway through the season. Like If you're worried about ending the season on, on current points or doing some sort of scenario that way, and then you change the rules at the 32-week mark or whatever we're yeah. at, 29-week mark, for the rest of the season, like how is there not an asterisk on that? To yeah. me, like you, you can't be you can't be full of you know uh, piety about the the rules being the rules no matter what, and then change them halfway through. And it just I don't know. I, I think it's just a little bit hypocritical, you know, to, to view the world that way. But no, the rules teams are going to be different, right? There's a good chance that some players leave teams as well. It, it's it's crazy. I mean. I, look, it, it checks the box of getting it done, Naz. It checks the box of playing merit. It's not the way any of us would want, but it seems to be the only way forward is to play the games in some fashion, get a kind of hurry it up, call it done, and then get ready for the new season. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. It's like it's it's an imperfect solution. There's no good solution. There's no great right answer. That's the problem. But 
maybe it's the least bad option to sort of save the economy of football. I mean, it's still going to be massively affected. But save the economy of football, which benefits a lot of people, especially, you know, in this country, it's a massive game, employs many people, all that kind of thing. Um, and, and I, you know, I guess it's got that entertainment factor. But also, in a sporting context, it's going to be the least deserving. I mean, Liverpool, right, they get a bye. Yeah, they deserve the title. doesn't matter. That's not a problem. The problem is Champions League places. Say Leicester or Chelsea drop out of the Champions League place. They can feel massively hard done by because they were in there. They were right in the mix before all this happened. And then, you know, this could affect them adversely. You don't know. Um, one of the players could get coronavirus. Chelsea could like lose a guy from you know a big player. Maybe Williams in top form and he leaves and he's joining Tottenham, so they can't play him um, or something like that. They could, and then you know somebody else could sneak into the Champions League spots. Relegation. There's going to be a huge asterisk. I mean, what a I shit think the, season to get relegated. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, you're going to be the harsh. I think the only thing worse than getting relegated like this is getting relegated on points per game or something like that. I think that's absolutely awful uh, way of doing things and you know you're getting into politics you get into legal battles I think the le- the point of least friction is to continue um, and I think you know I think a lot of people do want to continue as well I think you know most all the footballers who I've interviewed and all the coaches I've interviewed uh, since lockdown happened have wanted to carry on I'm not saying everyone and you know loads of players don't want to continue or maybe are a bit 50-50 want reassurance it's very nuanced but there is a sense I think that you know, I, I want to be working, everyone wants to be working and, and football is the greatest, probably the greatest job you can possibly do. Um, so if they can prove it's safe, then I think that a lot of them will be happy, but they need to do that now. Like They need to prove to the players because the one people that can stop the Premier League restarting, Project Restart, is the footballers themselves. They, they just say they don't play. If enough of them say that, then it's very complicated. But it's going to affect next season. Next season going to have loads of problems as well. So, um, it's it's interesting, really. I mean, next season's definitely behind closed doors for me. I'm I'm not going to watch a normal football match. I don't think until not next season, but the season after that. You know, what I mean, Euros, Euros, maybe. I was I was dreaming about the Euros, but yeah, the Euros causes a problem as well because that's in the diary. So like they're trying yeah. to get all the leagues done before the Euros. Uh, so, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's a scheduling issue even still. All right, last question, and it can be as simple as yes or no, Naz. Will the Premier League use neutral venues or not to finish the season? Uh, probably no. I think that they're pushing... The, the government want them to, and they don't want to. Um, pretty much every club <laughs> near enough wants to use their own stadium. And, you know, they're using their own stadium in Germany. So, um, for me, I, I think that they don't trust English football fans. Uh, I, I spoke about the difference in English and German football fans at the start of this pod. And at the end of this pod, this is also different in that English authorities don't trust English fans to not turn up to the stadium and be uh, idiots. So um, that's why they, they're talking about neutral venues. So Chelsea fans don't show up to Stamford Bridge. Man United fans don't show up to Old Trafford. Liverpool fans, the main ones they're talking about, don't show up to Anfield because they won the league. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a terrible way to win the league to not be able to party. But um, yeah, that's the, re- that's the reasoning. But I think that the Premier League will win that argument uh, yeah glenn murray had a good quote in one of the the podcasts I listened to he said look if we have to play liverpool away and then we have to play them in a neutral venue that's a huge disadvantage for us and i thought it was a fair point you know but we all have to keep in mind that this whole season where we're at it's not going to be fair it's not going to be even you just got to make the best of a shit situation so uh anyways naz thank you as always for hanging out with us spending some time on your sunday i know your your diary is is jammed full of zoom calls so we just snuck right in there 
Yeah, it's awesome. No, it's good to catch up with you guys. And yeah, I mean, I'm not spoken to a guy from America. To speak to three all in one go is great. And glad you guys are doing okay and all of that. That's most important thing, right? So yeah. yeah, good to see you. Oh, man. Well, take care of yourself, obviously. Nick and Dan, thank you, gentlemen, for joining as always. Listeners, we appreciate you. Let us know what you thought. A ton of questions and thoughts about this. Uh, Naz's link's in the description. Go check it out. But that's going to wrap it up for us this week. But we'll be back when hopefully football will be close to returning as well. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.